Hello and welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host this podcast. Well, hello everybody. Um, I hope you're all doing well. Um, it's my Friday. Let's go and good. My day literally has started off so slow and I don't even care. It's It's been so great. I had some scrambled eggs and toast, some orange juice and um that's literally been my morning and it's already 20 past two and I haven't done much else with my day um I've been still doing this course and I just started an assignment yesterday and it's the most intense thing I've ever done in my life oh my god it's well probably not but um you know I just haven't been back in school in such a long time and haven't really had to hand in homework for such a long time and um, I'm essentially just like creating like a whole lesson plan for like 60 minutes to teach a classroom and I have to send it off and it has to get like graded by an actual person and it's like, yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting. It's very, very time consuming. So um, that's literally what I have else to do for the rest of the, sorry, that's all I have to do now for the rest of the day and uh, probably just relax after that, honestly, I'm pretty tired. I stayed up late last night, just like scrolling through social media which like I'm trying not to do as much anymore because it's just like consuming and annoying and I just don't want that to be like my main priority with my relaxation time. But of course yesterday I was on TikTok and then eventually turned that off. And I don't know, like on the weekends recently, I'm not a huge Disney fan. I'm really not. Um, like if someone's like, oh my God, like let's have like a Disney night and watch Disney movies. Like that's like my worst nightmare. I'd be like, no, like, no thanks it's just like not fun to me um now don't get me wrong like christmas movies and stuff like that that's like that's a different story but um the other weekend i wanted to watch alice in wonderland with the one with like johnny Depp, like so the the real one and uh yeah watch that and then this last night i was like it's been a really long time since i watched cinderella now that being said i put it on and literally passed right out um, it's quite relaxing to fall asleep to, but it would be like just my absolute worst nightmare to sit down here and if like, you know, Chris is like, hey Caitlin, do you want to do like a Disney movie night marathon, which he would never say, but if he did, I would probably be like, absolutely not, it's just not my thing, not my thing at all. Um, so I've been watching that, so like last night I fell asleep like watching that. Um, and then what else has been going on? So I haven't heard back yet for my job interview, which you would have heard in uh, last Thursday's episode that I went in for an interview or not went in for an interview, it was on Zoom. Um, and I guess because it is for a school and it's with special needs kids, it has to be a lot more um, of like a slower process for like the interview and stuff. And they have to get like references. And so I gave like three references, like two from like my current work and then one from like my friend. Um, who I used to work with and like I just like put her down as like a client as well and uh, it was like a six page like process like it's it's intense so um I had that which was pretty interesting uh it went really well um super nerve-wracking but uh, I'm like I'm just like an anxious person too when I have to like wait for that stuff and like I'm just like really impatient like I'm patient with people but I'm impatient when I have to like wait for things so I get so excited um or just like you know you just want to know and it's okay if you don't get it but at the same time you just like want to know there and then right but you also have to realize that it's a school and this is like 
you know, these people are trying to be careful about like who they hire, which is completely fair and understandable. Then watch just some crazy bitch come to school. Um, what else have we been doing? Oh my god, I was totally fangirling yesterday listening to my favorite murder. Um, I have been raving about this book called Attached. My coworker told me about it. And on yesterday's, or I guess, sorry, not yesterday, last week's episode, um, Karen started talking about how she was listening to the audiobook called Attached. And I nearly lost my shit. I was like, I tell everyone to read that book. Oh, that's an amazing book. And essentially what the book is, is it talks about your attachment style with your partner or just in your relationships in general and friendships and whatnot. And there is um, avoidant attached, there's anxious attached, and there's secure attachment style. Um, and I'm definitely an anxious attachment style. And then Chris is like a 100% secure attachment style, which is really good to have in a relationship. I feel like that's like the most compatible. Um, I'm definitely not avoidant and I would never be able to a, a cope with someone who's avoidant but in the book it's so funny i'm like wow, this is what they're talking about my favorite murder yesterday as well is that um you know you tend to go for someone who's avoidant um because you know when those like those tiny little breakthroughs when they do tell you that they love you or um they do like show let their guard down and stuff like that and they are more emotional it's like a huge win and it makes you want to hold on to the relationship whereas when you're in a secure relationship it's like constant constant like um like the person who's secure is very just like nope like you go out you do what you want like it's fine like i feel i feel confident confident and comfortable in your relationship or in our relationship for you to do anything whereas like anxious is like super like oh my god like what's gonna happen like literally like anytime like chris goes out even like to work i'm like did you make it to work okay did he get in an accident like i'm such and i never really thought i was an anxious person but like 100% 100% am especially in like my relationships and just need like a lot of like reassurance in my relationships but if you are anxious you gotta find someone who is secure because it will just make you feel so safe and um it's just like a different way of like showing their love essentially whereas me being anxious I like will you know divide my love to Chris every single night before I fall asleep I make sure he knows every single night before I fall asleep like how much I love him and how much he means to me and he's my best friend blah, 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 blah. because I'm like I have to tell him like I have to tell him in case he doesn't know whereas like in his mind he's like oh yeah no she knows this is me totally oversharing by the way I'm awful for that <laughs> but um it's such an interesting read and it's just good to know in general um I think even you know in your work environment just to know like how you can tell how other people are um avoidant is like literally like my worst nightmare to be honest but um yeah no I'm 100 and I've always been like that in relationships I always try and like wear my heart my sleeve and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad but um I don't like beating around the bush like if I feel like you're not reaching my expectations I'll tell you outright like probably within the week of like seeing you (laughs) I don't really give it much time um I remember like when Chris and I first started dating I was like uh I think it was like on the second or third date no it must have been third date 
and uh, I said to him, I was like, listen, I was like, what's going on with us? Because like I just like I don't want to just be you know hanging out with you and just getting like played the fool or whatever. And he was like, oh, um, I I guess I haven't given it much thought. And I was like, okay, well just let me know because like I'm like I'm not gonna be messed around here and he's like wow he's like i've never been like told so outright before like obviously i said it in a different way being much more stern because like you're in control of your own feelings and how you you know i guess plan on getting hurt you know so i just like don't i don't want to do that to myself so i kind of make it clear and i'm like that all the time i try and um, express my emotions all the time sometimes again oversharing saying way too much stuff where some people are just much more like i'm just gonna keep it to myself and see where it goes no not gonna happen <laughs> um so that book is amazing you can listen to it on, on um audible um or you can like just buy the book it's great it's an amazing book please please it's it's just so it's so good it's like that and like the five love languages i think are just like key to learn um, and your overall relationships in life. Um, trying to see what else is going on. Oh, um, what have we been watching? I'm still watching 16 and Pregnant, um, which is, you know, it is what it is. I've already told you guys how I feel about it. It's such an emotional roller coaster. Um, I've been watching The Night Stalker as well. That is fantastic. It's so, so well done. Oh my God, it's amazing. Um, so really, really stoked about that. I want to finish up this weekend. I've just been, I haven't really had time to like watch any TV because when I come home from work, it's usually around like six or seven. So I try to study till nine and then I go into bed and I just like pass out. So I haven't really been having time to like sit and watch TV. Whereas before I would come home and turn TV on straight away and just unwind and turn my brain off. But it's kind of nice, kind of nice coming home. I'm doing a little bit of studying and like literally by like nine o'clock do my skincare routine brush my teeth get into bed and i'm like dead i'm like i just want to watch mindless tv not something that i really want to pay attention to because i'm so invested in it um and then next weekend is chris's birthday or i guess it's this weekend coming up february 5th so i'm excited about that <laughs> it was gonna be a surprise <laughs> but uh it was really funny so last weekend we had like a zoom call on saturday and i had like a whole bunch of my friends on there and then my mom and dad decided to come down my mom's like sitting up beside me like talking to everyone on zoom and uh my one one of my friends is like oh yes and like chris is like sitting behind the computer so he's like looking at my face my face is like on the computer screen and he's like my friend's like oh um what's the plan for chris's birthday uh camping trip this weekend and i was like shh it's a surprise (laughs) and then my mom's like what was that like what did you say and i'm like mom just drop it and then mom's like no 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 your friend was trying to say something and i was like mom i was like can you shut up i'm like it doesn't matter mom's like i want to know what's going on and i'm like i am not repeating it again and then poor chris he like had already knew about it um they did, i guess they didn't realize it was a surprise and um he was just pretending like he couldn't hear but i could totally tell on his face that like he knew like what was going on and i was like this is so awkward i was like i just want to crawl in a hole and die so we are supposed to be going camping this weekend um like do some like winter camping and i just had like invited a few of our friends because our restrictions have lifted a little bit where we can have outdoor gatherings of like 10 people 
but still I want to be careful because like I don't even want to get a cold right now with um, work and have to be sent home just because I have like similar symptoms and it's literally just a cold so um, I'm still talking to him like what he'd like to do and uh, he doesn't seem like you know he doesn't Chris is like so easygoing he doesn't really care what happens so um, yeah we're supposed to be going camping so that will be fun if it does happen and uh honestly that is really all i have to update you on um i really can't think of much else i haven't even been really listening to the podcast i've been driving to work like listening to like i love british crime like it's like rock like skepta and stormzy and stuff um i really love that music so i've been like listening to that on like my way to work just to kind of pump me up um so i haven't been really like listening to a whole bunch of podcasts i usually listen to those now like when i'm getting ready for work but on my way to work i've just been kind of like pumping myself up i love dancing in my car like a little bit of karaoke in the car can't beat it so good uh oh really exciting my grandma got her first um (laughs) smartphone and I've been trying to call her on WhatsApp and she's not answering because she doesn't know how to answer the phone. It makes me so, so sad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways, that is all that's going on in my life. And uh, I'll keep you guys updated. Hopefully by next week I can hear about this job. Either way, I'm happy about it. It's not like I'm depending on it. And I love my current job so much. And like my boss is like so funny. She's like, I'm so stoked for you. I was like, this is amazing that we can have this relationship that I can like talk to you about a potential career change that I'm having. And it's all, you know, it's all good in her books and my books. So it's just like, I, I honestly love my company so, so much that I work for. It's just, it's really, really great. And my clients too. Um, some of my clients support this podcast and, um, I really, really appreciate it. Um, it really means a lot to me. So anyways, let's move on. I can't believe we're on episode 28. I thought that was on episode 28 last week, but no. Episode 28 today. So enjoy, guys. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Okay, guys. So for episode 28 of my murder on her mind... Um, I am going to be doing Albert Fish. Um, he's also known as the werewolf of Assyria, uh, the buggy man, the gray man, and the Brooklyn vampire. And many, many more names. This guy has just got in a raw bad rap. I am just going to give a trigger warning. A lot of his victims were young little children, boys and girls. Um, so I just want to get that as a trigger warning to people i don't go into like i mean for some people it might be gory but i don't think it's like overly gory myself but i just do want to let you know that it is quite nasty like even i was like what the fuck and you know i actually had never heard of it but um yeah let's get into some good old nasty shit here um so albert fish um he had many names like i said the werewolf of hysteria the buggy man the gray man the brooklyn vampire and many more um his real name isn't actually even albert fish it's hamilton hamilton howard fish um and i'll get more into later into the story as to why he decided to change his name to albert fish um, so he was born in May 19th of 1870 and he was born in Washington, D.C. in the U.S. Um, he had lived with his mom and dad, uh, Randall and Ellen, 
and um his mum and his dad actually had i think what is like one of like the craziest age gaps in i don't know forever that i've ever heard of uh it was a 40 year age gap between them um her dad his dad was actually 75 at the age of albert's birth he's quite an old bugger himself so albert's family had um you know lots and lots of different mental health issues and mental illness running through the family um so albert's family had various amounts of different illness mental illnesses um his uncle had suffered from mania and his sister was diagnosed with mental affliction um sorry affiliation not affliction i'm reading my own notes again i've been trying to like write more instead of like typing and i like it but i'm also like jesus i need to write better because i'm like my writing is horrible um and then um his brother was admitted into a psychiatric ward and his mother actually even suffered from severe illusions and just like hysteria in herself um and even more of his family members were diagnosed with some sort of mental illness or in mental hospitals as well as they were back then um when albert was five years old his father passed away at the age of 80 from a heart attack and um his mother just couldn't afford um to work and also look after the kids uh, because there was four kids all together and at that time it was just like really really rough to do and even now it would be very hard to do unless you're like filthy rich it'd be so so hard um i know like i come i there's four kids in our house and it's it's a freaking job in itself like it's not easy at all and then having a kid with like special needs as well like in our family it's it's not easy um so she ended up putting them in an orphanage um until she was able to find a job um so during fish's time in the orphanage he you know didn't really have the best of times and i don't think a lot of kids who lived in orphanages at the time had an amazing time especially just with like everything that was going on with like especially if it was like a, a convent almost like um like one that was like wrapped around like a catholic or like christian home um it was probably more than likely nuns and um priests that were molesting the children um so he was teased a lot as well by the other children in the orphanage and they called him ham and eggs which i think comes from the name hamilton which i think is like just so funny i'm like i find i mean now you know I think of like where Chris comes from in Ontario it's so and I think in like just small towns and on um in Canada in general the nicknames people come up for each other I just think is the funniest thing in the world like nothing makes sense to me at all and I used to get so confused when Chris would be talking about his friends and like I didn't realize he would be switching between their real names and the nicknames and I'd be like whoa he has so many friends and I was like oh these are nicknames as well I was like these are fucking mental names but I think ham and eggs is hilarious. But maybe not when you're like nine years old or however old he was. However old he was. Um, so he then decided he was going to change his name to Albert, um, which he took from one of his siblings that had passed away before he was even born. So um, although there was four kids alive at the time, there was actually more kids but who had died um, previous to um, when previous to when Albert was born. 
So whilst in the orphanage, Albert was abused quite frequently, um, you know, by the priests that were in there as well, which is like so awful. Um, but to no surprise at all, he then really started to enjoy all these punishments he was getting. Um, and, you know, he was getting like spanked and whatever. And then he was getting aroused by the whole thing. Um, so that's kind of when he started to realize in himself, I think, that there was something wrong with him. Um, and he just like enjoyed the feeling. And then there was a quote here from one of the articles that I was reading. And it was, quote, um, I was there till I was nearly nine. And that's where I started to really feel wrong. Uh, we were unmercifully whipped and I saw boys do things they should never have uh, do whatever that means uh by 1880 uh Fish's mother had a job she worked for like it was like some government job and was able to remove all four kids from the orphanage um then the mother ended up moving them over to New York so I'm guessing that's like where her job was and uh then in 19 or in 1882 he began to realize that he was gay i think and he just kind of started experimenting and then um he started a relationship with another 12 year old boy um he was like a telegraph boy and he and albert were both 12 at the same um at the time so um the boy introduced fish that's just like his last name albert fish um into these most grotesque like practices and honestly when i read this i was like what in the fuck i was like this is horrible I'm like what 12 year old even knows about this stuff but oh, jesus it's so messed up so anyways um so i'm probably gonna say this wrong but urolagnia which is essentially drinking each other's piss yuck and then i have no idea how to say this word but cor corpolongin I definitely that's not how you say it uh and that's eating each other's shit so fish began um you know visiting like local baths um in the towns for maybe like it was like even like pools too and he would watch um other boys get naked and he would like masturbate to them and dressing um and he would go there all the time this is where he would spend like most of his weekends like on his free time was in these baths and watching uh younger boys um undress which is just so gross in itself because he's only young as, as well like he was only 12 at this time so in 1890 um fish arrived in um into like a different part of like new york city i think it was like brooklyn um, where he became like a male prostitute and he started raping young boys and his preference was usually any boy under the age of six and he would just like grab them off the street and molest them um it was just horrible so then um in 1898 his mother had arranged a marriage with this lady and they ended up having um six kids and during this whole time uh fish was like having affairs with her all with like all these men and just teenage boys and um like she was i think she was pretty much like aware of it because he would just do it in public as well like he wouldn't you know hide from it and go to a different town like he would literally go out and date in the town walking along the street with these men um so yeah that was a uh, just like another fun thing he liked to do you know just cheat on his wife after having six kids amazing 
Um, so one day on one of these dates that he went to, they went to like a wax museum, and at the max at the wax museum was a um just a, a penis like a what's the word i'm trying to think of a dissected penis sorry <laughs> and he became completely fascinated with it and just like the structure of it and just had this complete overwhelming like joy when he saw this um yucky little thingy on the like what ew like why don't you even want to see that um so then he decided that he wanted to start castrating other men and um you know he even started doing it to himself where when he was like masturbating he would put needles up his peenie um and there at one point like years later he went for an x-ray and uh they found 29 needles in his penis and he would just like leave them in there for like he would put them in so far up that he could never get them out so he would just leave them in there and he just like never stopped and i'm like what in the fuck i was like that is so messed up Ugh. so painful too like that just gives him the heebie-jeebies um so in 1903 he was put in jail for embezzlement and then when he was released from prison his children really noticed that um his like moods and his personality had changed he just kind of seemed like more bizarre and deranged after coming out of jail um so he you know he came out and he started saying to his kids oh i i've um started hearing voices from god and the apostles and they told him that he needs to start um castrating young boys and like his kids were just like what in the fuck like this is so messed up um so then anyways moving on he decides to start self-harming and then um he went to he got uh, submitted into a psychiatric ward where they diagnosed diagnosed him with religious mania which i didn't actually know was a thing i mean i knew there was like i, I didn't know it was like, the actual term for it. i knew that was a thing but i didn't know that that was the real term for it and um while he was in there he had created a hammer like sorry not while he was in there when he was released from there um a way to like create self-harm for himself out of pleasure because he found um pleasure in harming himself was um having hammer with like nails in it and he would bash it off his head until he would bleed which i'm like what in the christ and like when he was 12 years old too um he had fallen from a tree and give himself a severe concussion which then he suffered from like you know lots and lots of migraines and um his mother really noticed that that was a big flip in his personality as well you know that good old frontal lobe you don't ever want to hit that part of your head (laughs) um so yeah he created this like mallet essentially that had nails on it he was just whacking himself off for the crack you know as you do having a bad day or just get the old mallet and whack it on the head and there you go so in 1910 um he started grooming a 19 year old boy um which this is just off i believe his name is thomas um this was like really hard i i just the fact that this happened a lot during this time and even you know into like the mid 1900s it's just awful and you know i would even go as early to say into the late 1900s it's just absolutely awful what used to happen happen you know kids with disabilities so um 
he started grooming this 19 year old boy thomas who was mentally disabled um he then was like starting to groom him and started taking him into an abandoned farmhouse where he left him there for two weeks and sexually assaulted him basically created him as like a sex slave and um he really thought about wanting to murder him he was like yeah no i'm gonna do it but then as the weeks went on um it was summertime and he was like you know if i murder this boy this man i have to think about now how i'm gonna get rid of the body and it's summertime and the smell will just be horrific so instead he made the wisest choice this is me being extremely sarcastic and decided to cut off his penis and bandaged it off and later in you know articles when people were like interviewing him when he was actually put in jail um he said that that is the screams that he will never forget ever after cutting off this young guy's penis and no one ever really knows what had happened to thomas after that there's nothing really to show like he probably went on and lived his life um with no penis so that's fucking dreadful and you're a sick bastard i cannot get over like you know you always hear about back in the day when you know these people would be put in jail why on earth like you know if you were caught stealing you get your hand fucking chopped off um so if you're ever caught molesting or raping someone i mean he obviously wasn't caught at this point but why didn't they get their penises chopped off like it's absolutely horrific anyways so yeah he decided not to kill him and just chop off his dick instead (sighs) poor thomas um so albert's wife then left him for another man and when he came home one day it was in the middle of the day and all six children were in the house and um you know he just decided all right well i'll stick with these kids and that is that and never heard from his wife again um so he actually never ever molested his own children um he looked after them quite well but um you know he started to talk about to his children how he like one day they came home and he was like rolled up in the carpet in the middle of the sitting room and they were like why are you doing that dad and he's like "Mm, well the gods told me to do it and they're just like uh okay uh so just like stuff like that and he talked about how he wanted to start doing cannibalism but not on humans just yet you know just want to go jump around the deep end but he just started to like wanting to eat like more raw meat and he was trying to get his kids to do as well and he would try and always do like around like a full moon disgusting um so yeah like i said he never actually abused his own children but he would try and get sexual pleasure from his children which i still think is kind of like um sexual abuse but um not in the way that we're thinking of he would get them to play like these games where you know a child a kid would be like sitting up on the on his back and he would have to guess like how many numbers the kid is holding up on their hands or on their fingers and if he got it wrong the kid would be able to like hit him with the mallet but of course he was getting sexual pleasure from that which is so fucked up i'm like jesus christ I'm like what world do we live in humans are so messed up um so then he moved on to doing more fucking weird things where he would get like cloths and put petrol on them or like you know gaslight them and shove them up his butt or like light them while they're shoved in his butt i'm like this this guy is just fucking going for it all 
1915, um, he started to have like more frequent attacks. Um, he would often try to go for um, disabled people or black people um, as he thought those two groups wouldn't be missed and they weren't missed. He got away with a lot of these attacks and murders potentially. Um, so in 1924, um, a little girl Beatrice was just playing outside her house on her property um, when um, Fish was out on a walk. He decided to come up and approach her and talk to her and he managed to coax her to come with like with money to come and help him pick rhubarb and as they're walking away the mother just came out of the house and she saw this and ran and chased after fish and got her daughter back but that night um fish still decided he was going to try again and was hiding out in the um in the shed and then however the dad caught wind of this and he went and he you know threatened to shoot um fish and get him off the property and he never went tried he never went back to try and get beatrice again uh but unfortunately um a couple of i think it was a year later he then decided to do two more attacks on these two boys and um he coaxed them into the house and he this one boy had been like used to coming into his house i think his name was uh cyril and he had had Cyril come into the house multiple times before so Cyril and his friend came in and he was like well you guys go up and hang out in this bedroom I'm gonna make some sandwiches and while they were making the sandwiches they were up in the bedroom like wrestling with each other these two little boys and when they were wrestling with each other they moved the mattress of the bed and they realized there was something that had underneath the bed that terrified them and it was basically fish's uh, implements of hell it was three items and it was one was a butcher's knife one was a meat cleaver and the other was a miniature handsaw and when these th- two boys saw this they just ran for the hills fair play to them and um never came back and so fish was very upset by that and angered so then in again in 1926 um he yeah so anyways he had those boys come over and then he had this boy francis mcleod uh mcdonald sorry that was reported missing um by parents and he had been gone for like a night and the mum was just kind of like hysterical and was trying to find him and this little boy who was playing with him had said that a gray-haired man um had walked into the woods with him and um when i think it was like two days later they had found his body and he was so brutally sexually assaulted um that it was like you know he was almost unrecognizable and it got to the point where he he'd been strangled by his own um what are those things called that you hold up your pants with not a belt um i can't remember what they're fucking called but you know what i'm talking about the little yoke jigs that go over your shoulder and you attach them onto your 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 pants um god that's gonna annoy me now <laughs> but those things and he'd been strangled so hard that it was almost embedded in his skin and which is absolutely horrible those poor parents um and this became one of the biggest cases in staten island and the dad worked very very hard to try and find out who this killer was and multiple men had been convicted and brought in and um the case kind of went cold because they had never found out like who this man was and that's where he got his name actually the gray man 
um, which was like one of his like scary, scary names. So then moving on to this, the next case. Um, so essentially there was these two little boys and they were both called Billy and they were friends. One was four and one was three. And then Billy's brother, um, older brother, the one who was four, um, was out minding these two little boys and he just went inside his apartment building for a minute and then Fish decided to come over and um, talk to uh, Billy who was four and left the three-year-old behind. Um, so when he came, when the older brother came out, he realized that one of his, uh, one of the guys, one of the little boys were gone, which happened to be his younger brother and immediately called his parents. Parents came, the mum was just going mental and when the cops came they started questioning the three-year-old which is like so hard like how do you even question a three-year-old but he had said that the buggy man had took him which is so fucking freaky i remember i used to be so afraid of the buggy man back home because like we lived like right on the ocean and there was this like little um kind of bay area and i just used to think that the buggy man would come up covered in seaweed and take me away my imagination guys i tell you um unfortunately billy's body was never found um it is believed though that uh fish did eat him um which is so fucking creepy um it's believed that he when he went into like questioning after being arrested um it is believed that he had drank billy's blood like drained his body of blood sorry then drank it which is where the vampire of um brooklyn brooklyn vampire came from and then cooked up his body chopped or chopped it up and cooked up his body and then ate it with some vegetables as you do um so one year later um fish decides to he finds an advert for a young boy just trying to find work and the young boy basically essentially said that he didn't care what the work was he just really needed a job and um he would just do whatever it takes to do this job so um, Fish decided this would be a great opportunity to lure this boy into his house and say that, oh, I'm a frail old man, I really need help, um, you know, with stuff around the house. So he sends a telegraph to the parents. The parents are like, yep, this sounds great. So they um, decide to bring him over for dinner and he's like all like excited about this. But when he gets to the front door, um, this young man doesn't edward i think his name was doesn't answer the door but his younger sister grace who's 10 at the time answered the door and all of a sudden he's he changed his mind he's like i want grace i don't want the boy i want grace instead and he's like how on earth can i you know change my mind in this story and you know um try and get grace instead torture and kill grace instead of um, her older brother so he goes in, he has dinner, and just as he's about to leave the house, he says, oh, I'm sorry, there's a change of plans, but I won't be able to take you right away this evening, Edward, but I have to go to my niece's 10-year-old birthday party. Um, but I will be back later on tonight by 9pm. And as he's about to head out the front door, he turns to the parents, he goes, um, would Grace like to come? And, you know, I'll take her and I'll bring her back by 9 o'clock and then we'll switch out and I'll bring Edward to the house. So... The parents were kind of humming and hawing and they're like, oh, I don't know, this is kind of weird. You know, a grown man and our daughter who we hardly even know, but they kind of trusted him. And actually when he went to their house, he had introduced himself as Frank Howard. And like, that's not his name as we know. Um, but he'd used a fake name this whole time talking to these parents, which back then was very easily done. It's not like you were carrying around ID or anything like that. So, 
he did end up taking grace and nine o'clock came around and there was no sign of grace the mother started to get very worried the father started to freak out morning came around and still no sign of grace and so um the police were called and they started to investigate and they started to look into this man and there's no sign of this man called uh frank howard and then all of a sudden they thought well you know what these people have dinner with this man so they start to all get this um very well distinguished identification of this man and they so they soon realize that okay well now we can kind of have a better picture of this man so never found out his actual name but they started to like you know um push two and two together of his names and i'm sorry i'm getting distracted there my mum has come downstairs every single time someone comes down these stairs i get so distracted and it's so annoying like every single time um so they go into new york and all these um pictures are being put up around grace all over new york city and on Staten island and literally everywhere brooklyn the whole shebang and they had actually wrongfully convicted a man um but it turns out it was a crazy wife that had put him in jail and he actually was in jail for almost six months with this um case which is just awful so anyways albert decides it's time to write a letter to grace's parents and explain how he murdered and basically butchered their daughter and he writes an extremely extremely detailed letter but it's very blab it's like all full of blabber and whatnot and uh, you can actually find the letter on um google so give it a look if you if you're really interested in reading it but it's honestly just a whole bunch of shite um but essentially he went into major detail about what happened and then at the very end he comes to the conclusion of that he decapitated her and then he ate her for dinner like a monster like a literal monster um so police are like how on earth like can we trace back from like where this like letter had came from and they realize on the front of the envelope there's a company name in it and it's like a company name from like new york it's like nyc something 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 and so they go to the company of this letter or this envelope and they ask these people like where on earth can we find these envelopes and there's a janitor there and the janitor is like oh actually um these envelopes are old but i had i had taken some but i haven't used them in a long time i have been leaving them um at my old apartment but i don't live in that apartment anymore so someone else has been using them so they get the address from this janitor's old apartment and they go and they talk to the um what could you even call her the landlord lady sorry the landlady and they <laughs> i'm having such a brain fart today i swear like my head's not there um and they go and talk to her and they say okay have you ever seen this man he looks like this and they have such a good description now from grace's family and she's like yeah she's like he lives in this number here in this house so they go up and they wait for him no sign at all so they end up like staking out his house for a whole entire month no sign of him so four months go by and eventually fish comes home so they um i think he thinks that the cop people think that the cops were he sorry he thinks that the cops are on to him so i think that's why he was like trying to stay away but there's no actual like proof of that or if he was just like away and doing his own shit who knows so um the lady immediately 
the landlady immediately calls the police and she's like i'm gonna try and stall him please get to the house as soon as you can um so she stalls him by giving him a drink and chatting and next thing these detectives and the police arrive uh, right in the kitchen and he pulls out a blade he immediately gets defensive and up in arms and they're like okay this is clearly our guy and he'd become so frail and old by that point that he couldn't even fight them um and you know people were saying um when these other boys were being murdered and their bodies were being found there was no way an old man could do this even though it looked like it was an old man they're like there's no way he would have had the strength but we got to think like you know a 54 year old man is still stronger than a um 44 year old boy which is really awful to think about but it's true um so when these police came and like basically attacked him and put him back in the chair they um they just you know knocked him right out and he was like okay this is my time so he had confessed to every single murder but the um well he just kind of started describing them he didn't really confess them but he was like going into great detail about these um, murders that he had committed but he had only really talked about the three murders that i'm talking to you about today but um he then went on to say he's actually killed in every single state and he's actually murdered over um a hundred different kids um, male and female across america and like that's where he was essentially that's where people supposedly think he was when um, in those four months when he when the police were doing a stakeout in front of his house or in front of the apartment um which is absolutely awful but when it came to um being in court and during the trial they couldn't actually convict him for they tried to you know point the finger to all these other murders but they didn't have enough evidence and he knew himself that he had com- he had murdered over a hundred different kids and attacked over a hundred different people but wasn't admitting to that he's like i wanted them to find out but they never found out so he was put into jail um plead he pleaded not guilty on the um um oh what's it called why am i i'm literally blanking so much today basically on the something of insanity i the something of insanity what am i even fucking saying (laughs) um but yeah he was sentenced to the death penalty and um he received a statement to from he had given a statement to to his attorney and when they came out of court um for reason for insanity reason for insanity that's what i'm trying to say sorry i got so excited about that (laughs) um but anyways yeah he his attorney had this like detailed letter of like all these things and he was like everyone was asking him please read it like we want to know what he has to say for himself blah 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 blah. he's a monster and he the attorney said he swore on his own life that he would never read this to a person because it is just the most gruesome grotesque thing he has ever read in his whole life and will never share it with the public i won't give him like that um satisfaction of fame from being for um for how gross he was so yeah that is the wonderful wonderful story so gruesome so disgusting um but yeah it's it's quite intense um so yeah albert fish everybody what a gross little fucker from the 1800s you nasty nasty motherfucker but anyways i hope you guys enjoy please don't forget to rate review subscribe have a fantastic weekend and uh yeah stay safe bye bye